Hi everyone, welcome to Photography Chat, um, Season 2, Episode 17, um, with Becca Peterson. We should be having her on the chat here momentarily, and then we will get going. I hope everyone has been having a good week, and is staying safe out there. Hi Picture Man Bob, sorry I haven't been on the um, clubhouse much lately. Life has been kind of weird. What's up, JP? Hello, Silver Based. Glad to have you guys on here. Um, let's get Becca on the trap. Okay. The road trip has been kind of insane, honestly. Um, so I kind of overloaded my car a little bit and I blew out two of my rear tires in Saskatchewan and because my car is an all-wheel drive I had to replace all four of them which uh, was not terribly inexpensive and a total bummer and then the mechanic was like yo you probably don't want to like do the rest of the drive like this so I had to pick up a uh, U-Haul truck and trailer in uh, the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan which is like fantastic and I met this really nice guy John who runs the U-Haul dealership out there, and he helped me out. And uh, I am now in Cranbrook, uh, just outside of where I grew up, and it's uh, kind of it's it's been a wild trip. I'll hopefully be in Vancouver um, Saturday, is what I'm shooting for. Yeah, so it's uh, been kind of one hell of a trip so far. Oh hi. Oh hi. Welcome to Photography Chat. Oh, thank you. I like your sweater today. I wore it just for this, but I wore this to work. Um, so here I am. Well, you look very professional. And, do I? Um, you know, My jumper? You do. For, for <laughs> <laughs> jumper. For those people that will be listening to this on podcast later, it, uh, it is a very colorful um looking sort of like festive type sweater yeah. yeah how are you doing i'm good not bad how are you just moved well drove across the country so how are you feeling i'm not done yet um <laughs> i just spilled spaghetti on my pants oh, no. so i have like a huge spaghetti stain on my pants and um i still have quite a few more hours of driving left um I'm going to be hitting up Kamloops tomorrow and then Vancouver on uh, the day app, Saturday. So I'll be getting to Vancouver on Saturday. Um, but right now I'm in Cranbrook, which is in the East Kootenays of British Columbia, and about a half hour away from uh, where I grew up in Kimberley. So it's been, uh, it's been interesting being back in my old stomping grounds and uh, I just had a couple of old Milwaukee's with uh, my old bass teacher, Ferdy Belland, uh, who is the bass player for Biff Naked now. And um, he is one third of the owners of a new, a new project that has bought the old movie theater in the town that I grew up in here in, in um, Cranbrook called the Armand Theater. And um, it was unfortunately shut down because of capitalism. So in like 2000 when landmark cinema is put in um sorry get my screen to stay on 
Oh, you, your screen's. I don't know um, how to get my screen. It should just stay on. Screen keeps dimming. It's not. I don't. I have to keep tapping Weird. it. That's yeah. strange. Maybe uh-huh. plug your phone in or something. It's. Odd. I've got it plugged in. I thought this huh. far ahead. <laughs> I tried to. But I guess I'll just tap the screen every ten fucking seconds. Excuse me. No, that's that's it. Swearing is allowed on. Here. All right, swearing um, is allowed. All right, yeah. good Cussing is okay. We are not children friendly here, so, so right. don't worry about um, you know holding back. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like it it shut down in two thousand because capitalism. Landmark Cinemas put in a big monster movie theater at the strip mall out here, and they lobbied the local government to put in a bylaw that. Uh, restricted the ability for people to have movie theaters in the downtown core, which means that immediately shut down the Armand Theater. Um, so they went out of business because they couldn't play movies anymore. Um, so it's it's sat vacant for decades now. And uh, so uh, Ferdy and his friends are rebuilding it to be a performance and a live music venue and things like that. And um, I was just wandering around uh, there with him, um, you know, catching up, sharing a couple tall boys from a safe distance. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was wild being in a place where I used to watch movies as a kid and going into like all the, like the, the back yeah. rooms and stuff, because I was just like, dude, I feel like I'm going somewhere where I'm not supposed to be because like, I remember this place from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you know. fun. Did you take pictures? I did not. It was ah. just, brain brain pictures i yeah. did give him those are important though yeah they are important um but i may come back at some point to document some stuff for them as they do um some of the big big parts of the project so um yeah, yeah. that's that my fun. adventure right now um cool. but yeah i i think you know we, we've got you on here so i think um if you want to take a moment to uh okay. sort of introduce yourself to um the photography chat uh, okay. fam um that'd be cool all right well hopefully my app doesn't do the thing um hi i'm becca uh i know merlin through instagram so here we are on instagram it's great to finally be on the chat i'm sure you've been asking me for a while so i'm glad i said yes this is my first time ever doing instagram live too so whoo um but i Photography-wise, I mean, I started Northern Film Collective uh, in 2019, uh, which features Canadian photography uh, on film specifically. Uh, And for myself personally, I've been into photography since uh, teenage years. Uh, I used to shoot a lot of disposable cameras. And then about five, six years ago, I started getting like very heavily into 35 millimeter and has progressed from there. And now I am into medium format as well. Um, and I work in live television and I'm Becca. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that's perfect. That, that's a fantastic okay. introduction. And and like a great point. So like that is how uh, we first met was through uh, the Instagrams. Um, I saw your, your, um, your photography. And I do have to admit, when we first met and you were talking about the Northern Film Collective, I completely mixed it up with Northern Contemporary. 
And I was like, oh, that's so cool that you're doing stuff with Northern Contemporary. <laughs> and now I feel like a complete asshole looking back on that. No, I remember that too. I think I remember having that conversation with you too. And then I was like, no, like uh, Northern Film. And you were like, oh, you do that? And I'm like, yeah, that, that's me. So yeah, no, it's funny that, because uh, we met too when you, you were doing like a cool like print drop off. You were giving away prints for free. And I was like, sure, I'll take one. And that's that right. was the first time we ever met. And it was pandemic still. So it was like a safe, socially distanced Thing. and I remember you took a portrait of me on my porch and it was yeah it was it was a nice experience and um... I did that's been the first mm -hmm. and only role of 35 millimeter I've shot in my Mumia to get the sprocket exposure right yeah. yes I, yeah I remember yeah it was a it's a cool image too it's yeah with the sprocket it is. and everything it's a favorite one. portrait of mine yeah oh and well I'm, I'm touched by that plans for large format maybe uh, sounds like a scary beast, but sure, I'll try it one day. Uh, we'll see, see how things go. It's not that scary. I mean, <laughs> it's it's like pretty awful, but it's good. Like you know, yeah. Large format is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Just like anything else, I'm sure I would enjoy it. Uh, but getting into it is the. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, Ar Armand says, nah, you can do it. And uh, he'd probably be happy to sell you a large format camera. <laughs> well, maybe that's a salesman thing then. And Joe says, uh, it's not so scary. No. Yeah. And it's it's not. It's just that it's a lot more expensive and it takes a lot more time um, to do large format stuff because yeah. you can't just like pick up the camera and uh, no. push the button. Yeah. Which is fine, right? Like, it's not like I'm really realistically doing that with the formats I shoot in now. It, it would be definitely a cool learning process. Yeah. So, you know what? Yes. Plans for eventually. No set plans, but. Um, Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Dale says, why would it be? Could, could you elaborate on that question? <laughs> uh, why, why would what be? Just kind of curious there. Well, he comes back uh, texting on that. Um you know, uh, what, what, uh, well, I, I know the answer, but you know, people, people out there might not. Um, what was your, your sort of like inspiration and driver to create the Northern Film Collective? Well, and to honest, I saw a lot of sort of similar accounts that were based um, in the U.S. by Americans. And I just felt like there was space for uh, something in Canada um, that, uh, was showcasing stuff here you know and as much as we love the California plated old cars and all of that that comes out of the states I think it's kind of cool to see our own backyard and for us to explore that and also just to engage with Canadian photographers more to meet people in Toronto and across Canada um, with similar interests and then, of course, you know, pandemic happened, so it's a little bit harder to meet people, but here we are through Instagram doing it. So it's worked out pretty well, I think, in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, Instagram has been an interesting conduit to stay connected um, as the world was collapsing around us this last year. Um, so Dale says, large format, why is it scary or difficult? Um well, it's, just, it's, it's a very different practice. So the cameras that you use to shoot large format aren't as easy to use, 
per se is like um, 35 millimeter, even um, medium format 120, because um, you have to, it's usually like a bellows camera or a field camera, so it's like setting it up and focusing and all that stuff takes considerably more time. Like how it was described to me by someone was, you don't take a photo with large format, you make a photo with large format because you have to sort of like plan it out and like do all this extra work. Like it takes a few minutes to like get something set up to take a large format picture versus like picking up a 35 millimeter camera and uh, pushing uh, pushing the button. Um, <laughs> Jason Moore <laughs> says, uh, I like the headphones. You look like Joe Joe I Rogan, think he means Joe Rogan, yeah. But less mean. <laughs> I mean, I can be mean if you want me to be mean. We can. Yeah, we Merlin can, work can that be out, mean. Jason. It's true. Yeah, it is. It. Yeah, I don't like to do. It. <laughs> Actually, so that if it doesn't get edited out, there will be a podcast coming out soon of me being kind of mean towards um, oh, other yeah. film communities out in the wild. There. Um, yeah, you were interviewed by them, and that was a very interesting interview. Yeah, was it? I yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, I, m I made you listen <laughs> to the last part of it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, it was great to ca classic camera revival had me on. It was good. To, uh... <laughs> no, don't be mean. Well, the Merlin can't help it sometimes, and that's okay. He's he's being him. Um, it's not just big Sagittarius energy. I can't. Yeah. Can't help it. Um. Yeah, no, it was it was it was great to be on that. That was my first podcast, and here I am now doing my first Instagram live. So, I hope you guys aren't tired of listening to me. That yet, job interview, yeah, yeah, I did well, right? I got the job, I think. So, um, absolutely, you did fantastic. Which, you would, yeah. You I, would only I, understand if you listened, but yeah. <laughs> yes. So, if you have not listened to it yet, the classic camera revival. Um, has some really great episodes recently, and one of them includes Becca. And um, maybe depending on editing or, um, you know, if they listen to it and decide to uh, go ahead and publish it, I might be on there in May too. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, did, I was very candid in, in my talk about some of the film communities out there. Um, Best way to be. Okay. Well, it is because like it's 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 a well, I, I don't really like to say ongoing theme, but it's it's an ongoing issue in in not only the film community but just like you know our our world in general that um, you know things are fairly male dominated and there is a, a war against women in um, multiple facets, and so we we talked a bit about um, that how I don't really like um, how some photography communities are very male focused and um kind of sh well not kind of are, are shitty to women and very exclusionary so um yeah yeah which is something came up with on our chat as well when i was on classic camera revival so i've yet to listen to yours as this has not been released yet but i'm interested to hear what you all have to say um but... yeah joe has a question here he says do either of you have any thoughts on the state of instagram what is missing and should be there an alternative for image makers or artists? I'll let you go first, Becca. Oh boy. Um, well, Instagram in general, I have a bit of a love hate relationship with like, you know, there's one day and I'm just like, I just want to delete it all and just disconnect and not be anymore. And, you know, I do take some weeks at the time where I don't post and 
Um, but it's, and because there's this weird like urge to have you know more followers and more likes and more engagement. And, but like, what am I really getting out of that? But at the same time, you know, I've met you, I've met so many other people, and it is a very encouraging community, and I'm thankful for it as well. So I mean, what what's missing? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I was prepared for this question. And like, maybe there could be another platform for makers and artists. I mean, I, I imagine it would end up being in the same, you'd end up in the same situation eventually, right? I mean, with social media and the way it is, it's, uh, you know, it's just like Facebook and it all ends up going down that same sort of path, I think. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess my best answer for that. Uh, That's what, fair. Yeah. Um, so I, I've definitely talked about this a lot in, in other episodes and in, in other uh, chats I've had with people, but um, I I don't think there's anything predominantly wrong with Instagram. I think it's really how you choose to engage with it and how you choose to um, interact with it and consume um, media on it. Um, like I, I've been on Instagram since it almost came out like eight months after it launched. And so like, I've had toxic relationships with Instagram. Um, I've experienced all sorts of different levels of things with Instagram. And, uh, you know, most recently I found it to be a great conduit to connect to, um, really powerful communities and, uh, you know, make really strong connections. And so I think that it can be a very powerful force of good if that's the way you choose to interact with it and consume it. Um, you know, I, I kind of find it interesting when people shit all over Instagram saying, well, it's toxic and it's shitty and like things like that. And it's like, well, it's only that way if you choose those things because, um, you know, the, the algorithm only feeds you what you're picking it bases it off what you're following and what you like and things like that. So if you're seeing things that make you feel shitty and um, you don't like it, well, you made those poor decisions that have led to feeding you those things. So if you don't like it, just stop liking those things and you know, maybe take a pause, take a break and um, figure out how to re-engage with it. Um, I also find Instagram interesting because I think it's probably one of the most democratic social media platforms out there. And as much as Facebook owns the platform, I don't think they completely control it. I don't think they can completely control it. Um, and it's been evident where there's been times where they've tried to make a massive wholesale change to the platform and the community is pushed back on them. And they're like, oops, sorry, that was like a bug. We didn't mean to do that. Sorry. And they like revert those things. So um, I find Instagram an interesting platform because um, it just kind of has like a, a life of its own kind of thing. Um, so I, it's valuable for me because like this is how I connect to people. I do these chats. I like doing these chats. I like talking to people and uh, sharing, um, you know, my experiences and introducing people to new people and um, – so far, Instagram's been like the best platform to do that, mostly because I'm lazy. Podcasting is a lot of work. 
yeah i mean to be honest instagram is like the only social media i really use like i don't go on facebook anymore i don't i don't even have a twitter so i do i will stand by instagram in that aspect um and you can for sure make it your own and it is all about you know making sure that you control your own feed and don't follow things that are going to make you yeah those are yes very good points and i mean like circling back to the film collective here um you are just on the heels of a massive project that you undertook to showcase Canadian photographers from all over our land, which I don't think would have necessarily been possible without a platform such as Instagram. No, so, for sure. um, you know, do you want to yeah, elaborate it, on, on your project there a little bit? It all came through Instagram, right? So I took submissions through Instagram. Like, yeah, there was no other way feeding it. It's all through Instagram. So for sure, it wouldn't have been able to, it wouldn't have happened without it. And the same thing with uh, selling the book and everything. And it was all posted, promoted through Instagram. And I, and I didn't, I didn't actually spend any money on promoting it or anything. Everything went to charity, right? Anyway. So um, it just wouldn't have made sense to do that. But yeah, so I took submissions for a photo book of specifically Canada on film. Uh, it ended up with, I think it was, it was over 60 different photographers, including myself and Merlin's who were in the book. Um, and it was 156 color pages of film photography in print. 150 copies were made and sold. Um, and eventually there will be a volume two. That's next year i'm thinking this well this year i'll take submissions and it'll probably be released early next year yes yeah kind of yeah. like a yearbook of canadian film exactly. photographers yeah volume which i think one, is like a very two. cool thing because like I, I think there's lots of people that were in volume one that this may be the first time um that you know they've ever been published and um yes i, yeah. I had a few people reach out to me and say that it's it was great it's and that's you know this is what I have to be thankful for Instagram for, right? It's, uh, this wouldn't have happened. And when I was selling the book, I offered like a local Toronto pickup option. And that was probably my favorite part of everything was going out and meeting these people safely at a distance with masks. But uh, was, yeah, I was seeing these people and like the excitement that like, you know, about having their photos in the book um, is definitely a highlight of my year in this craziness <laughs> that has been going on yeah you see me tapping to keep the yeah well I'm, not, I'm tapping because like things come up here so um jason moore asks if you're american but you have french canadian blood are you allowed to submit asking for a friend <laughs> um the answer is yes of course you can submit but they have the pictures have to be in canada so that is one requirement so as long as you've traveled to Canada and taken some photos, then please get involved. There you go, I Jason. do not have any copies of the book left. They are sold out. Um, yeah, we did a limited run of 150 and they sold out honestly faster than I expected them to. So, but maybe next time there's always, there's all, there'll always be volume two. So. I remember that because when, when we decided to do 150, I remember you were concerned of, of being able to sell them. And um, that yeah. didn't end up being a problem at all. <laughs> what photos photos from a uh, Yes, probably. <laughs> I don't see why not. Um, as long as it's of Canada. And you know what? I've definitely shared some photos of Alaska on the Instagram page before. I made an exception. So there's always room for exceptions. 
There, you, yeah, of course you can stay with me, Jason. But you know, um, I am Big Spoon, so you just need to know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and JP says, if I get picked, but I'm in the U.S., can I get free health care? You're always about the health care, man. Um, you just got to move here. Yeah, and it's not as great as it's cracked up to be. Not everything is free. <laughs> No, and it's not. I, I mean, like, look at how our vaccinations have been going so far. Yeah. Like, you know, you guys are doing fantastic in America, um, which is very different than not so long ago. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little. Oh, uh, of course, Jason, I got you. When the border opens up, feel free to uh, to come visit Vancouver. I'd love to show you around. And then you can finally have some stuff to submit for the next volume of the Northern Film Collective. Yeah. Always good. Yeah. I mean, it was a very cool project to, to see take off and uh, just even, um, you know, being able to be a, a curator um, on the Northern Film Collective has been pretty amazing because there is a lot of, of talent here in Canada. And I think you did find, uh, well, no, you didn't, you, you, um, are addressing um, an area that's that's been very sort of like underrepresented on the Grams, which is um, a place for Canadian film photographers uh, to share their their Canadian content. Like you look at most of the um, reposting pages that are out there, and um, you know it's it's mostly American, um, and you know sweet gas stations on Cinestill and uh, old cars. Yes. <laughs> And like specifically like American gas stations, right? Like it's cool to see yeah, our own culture and stuff like that. Uh, the submissions bill will probably be open like summer. Uh, and just summer, I don't have specific dates set yet. So when I'm ready and <laughs> feeling organized, uh, we'll open up submissions. Take a well, bit yeah. of a, yeah. Because you're you're going to be an old hat at this now. Because you taught yourself InDesign and everything to for for this uh, first run, which I thought was freaking amazing. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like there's always more you can learn with that kind of software, right? Like you'd always do um, maybe get a little bit crazier with the next one, but we'll see. Uh, it'll probably be a bit of a different template because it can always always be changing, right? So yeah, switch it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm, for sure, we'll see. Whoa, whoa, personal pro I'm, I'm gonna put you on, I'm gonna put you on the spot here for a minute um, because I want to see them actually happen so um, personal projects that you have in mind uh, I've got a couple like and this is things that like I've been thinking about doing forever and just you know it's hard to get around to I on top of work and everything but uh, I've started playing around with like, just personal photo books I'd like to start to um, sell I've I've been exploring a lot more into like self-portraiture over the last year and a bit um, and and night photography as well. So those are kind of the two ideas I'm playing with right now, something with self-portraits and then also the stuff I shoot uh, at night, um, specifically like handheld night photography, which is mostly what I do because I'm just too lazy to bring a tripod with me. <laughs> but uh, uh, So yeah. So those are, that's kind of what I've been rolling around in my head. Um, yeah. That'd be amazing. And I have seen you be lazy with the hand holding, but you're fantastic <laughs> with it. Um, you've got steady, steady hands, hands, which is, yeah, you know, that's, uh, 
that's not something that a lot of photographers can claim to have there. Um, Jay Abbott asks, worst trend in film photography? I don't know if I have an answer to that because, like, I'm not trying to hate on anyone for their... I feel like, and I think everyone kind of goes through a sort of process with it, too, when you first start shooting. Um, you know, you... What am I trying to say here? You start shooting, like, a lot of the same things, right? And yeah. so, you know, you, you do the street and then you you start doing the you know, selfies on film and the mirror selfies. And then there's, but I don't think any trend is worse than the other. I think everyone's going through their, the paces of learning film photography and experimenting. So I don't know. Unless you've got something, Merlin. That was a very diplomatic answer. I have to say. <laughs> like, yeah, that was, that was like, if Switzerland was on my Instagram right now, I think that would be the answer they would give on that. This is, I mean, this is what the film photography community is too. Everyone's just bigging each other up always. It's like, maybe that's the worst trend for me. Cause like, I almost feel like people are almost too nice sometimes. There is no, like no room for criticism. Um, but there should be. If if I post something that looks like shit, I want someone right. to like let me know. But like everyone's shit. just out here like, oh, the colors. Oh, that yeah. So yeah, maybe that's what it is for me. <laughs> um, worst trends. Uh, I have two. Mansplaining. There's okay. So much of that. Yeah. Oh, that's there's definitely yeah. a lot of that. I can attest. Yeah, right? As is like, you know, a female photographer, it's like, oh, you're you're shooting this thing? Well, you know, let me tell you all about the camera that you own, because obviously you have no idea how to use it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, mansplaining and um, the prevalence of uh, men with cameras, I think are my two least favorite trends in the oh, film cool. photography world and digital photography world. Just Yeah, yeah, that definitely... Those. Yeah. yeah, those would be my yeah. least two favorite. Oh, yeah. Trends. No, I mean, it happens and anytime, like, not anytime, but it, yeah, that happens to me all the time. Anyone finds out, like, I shoot film, all of a sudden they, yeah, want to explain it all to me. And I'm like, yeah, did I ask? No. <laughs> Jason says the worst trend for me is gearheads who shoot one roll with a Leica and then never again. That's fair. Like, yeah, can't say I. Yeah, yeah, but I think that falls under like the category of like men with cameras because the people that are predominantly doing that are like usually like well-heeled men that can afford to go buy a Leica and then like shoot a roll with it and then talk about how amazing their photography is and um, you know how much they know just because they could spend all that money on the red dot. Yeah. That being said, I totally do want to buy a Leica one day for as much as I hate on Leica and Leica bros all the time. You know. <laughs> it's all the, it's a dream we all have. We're all just bitter. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. I, I would really love to like have an M6 one day if someone wants to be like my sugar daddy or whatever. And like, you know, we, we can, we can talk, we can work out some details on that. Mm -hmm. I'll do stuff for an M6. No, taking applications, everybody. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Chrissy says, oh, you shoot film. Let me tell you all about that camera you already own. Yeah, that's very true. Um, the worst, uh, Analog A says, the worst trend for me is YouTube film camera review wave. What do you think about that? Do you spend much time on, on YouTube watching 
the things? No, I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I'm like, I'm like the worst person for this stuff. I don't watch like, I never listen to podcasts. I don't watch YouTube videos. Like, unless I'm like looking for how to do something, I'll watch like a tutorial video. But I don't, I don't really watch anything like that. I don't, so I can't really hate on it or, um, yeah, talk shit about that. But because I'm sure a um, lot of people do. Yeah, like I mean, I'm. I'm not I, afraid I, to talk shit. I don't know it. what the world is like uh, in in that aspect. So, but I but I do see a lot of like I, it's one of those things where I've always mean to do. And I'm like, oh, I because I follow a lot of these people and they have the YouTube channel, and I'm like, oh, I should watch, you know, their videos. But I just never find the time, I guess. But there's only no, sorry, I would no, that's okay. That was basically it. There's only really two YouTubers that I that I enjoy and, and make a point to watch their videos. Um, Dave Rollins, Cynadar, amazing, beautiful human, great friend, and wealth of knowledge in large format in instant film. And then uh, Jason Cumberfell, Grainy Days. Um, I love his videos because they're informative and he's like a bit of a self-deprecating asshole so his humor is really on brand with like me and it like kind of touches my heart and I can relate to that kind of stuff so it's like I enjoy that because it's not like a what's up guys I'm gonna talk to you today about you know insert fucking other camera here that like 50 other YouTubers just did a fucking video about that is like almost identical like you could probably find 20 videos of the same camera start them all at the same time and they'll just all be the fucking same and that's what i kind of find really boring about that it's just like all of the reviews of the film and all the reviews of the camera is just like the same shit over and over again and it's fucking boring um but not grainy days in in not okay. Dave. see yeah. and and i've heard of grainy days and I'm, i might have seen one or two maybe you've sent me a video even i don't know but and I, sh- I, I'm gonna, I want to say, I'm gonna write this down and maybe watch later, but I probably won't. I mean, if I'm being honest, I just never do. But I should, I should probably watch them. I would enjoy it, I'm sure. But Joe, Joe Greer is great. Um, I've, I've talked with him on the, uh, the clubhouse, and Matt Day, he, I've met him. He's a really nice, dude. I just don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand, um, the popularity, honestly. That's totally going to be an unpopular opinion there right now, but it's like, I'm not a Matt Day guy. I'm I'm just going to say it. I think, yeah, see, I don't think I've watched any of his videos. I think I follow him on Instagram. I don't know. Uh, the name's familiar, but. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, but if it resonates with other people and yeah, another person's like, no, thanks on Matt Day. I will high five you on that one. Like he's, he's a nice, he's a nice person, but not, not my cup of tea much like i'm probably okay. not a lot of other people's cups of tea either uh what i meant was the camera view wave is like can't yeah i fucking hate that shit too where it's just like oh, all yeah. the hipsters are ruining camera tax. prices yeah, yeah it's just so it's... yeah bad i'm like well, i remember when i first started shooting film like i could find cameras at the dollars not the dollar store sorry thrift stores for like four dollars like it was cr- like and now it's it's ridiculous trying to even film right is so expensive compared to five six years ago when i when the wave didn't really happen um just yet i guess it was right at the beginning 
I love this comment. I don't care if you're nice. No flavor, no dice. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, watch a nice person <laughs> talk on YouTube all day, but yeah, what's the point? Yeah, I get that. Oh, thank you, Jason. I I guess I do have some flavor. So much flavor. Um, it you know it comes from making poor life choices. Yeah. Yeah, build character. That's right. It does. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. A lie is a lie, right? Um, <laughs> I'm chock full of character, if anything else. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I've I've had like a really hard time with like a lot of YouTube stuff. Like, um, I'm gonna straight up say it. Least favorite YouTube one is Peter McKinnon. I mean, I almost hated drinking coffee for a while because of his fucking videos. Like, just yeah. When I think of like cringe youtube videos the first thing that pops into my mind is peter mckinnon and if if uh he's listening to if he somehow comes across this one day um i'm not sorry at all fucking film something else man you know <laughs> years of coffee videos fuck man stop it just stop uh, it. <laughs> coffee videos yeah again never watched any of these so i don't i don't know but sounds boring just don't don't do it. You don't you don't want to hear yeah. about that. And it's just like fucking um it and all of his shit's clickbait. He's like got me a couple times with his clickbait because it's like <laughs> I'm quitting and I'm Not like again. really you're quitting? Okay, I want to see <laughs> this. And I it's like watch this one. Oh, uh, it was a clickbait. Fuck, he got me. Bastard. Like yeah. you know yeah, total bastard. Yeah. Well, even yeah, missing buying SLR is a good one for fifteen dollars. Yes. Me too. Yeah, I miss that kind of shit too. Like, but I mean, you know, you know I don't. We don't have Goodwill any here anymore. They go all closed down. But like, um, Value Village and stuff. I mean, you can still find some. Uh, it's not so bad, but like, just even online and like, Kijiji and stuff. You got to really dig through. It's hard, but like, uh, so for our American friends out there, um, Kijiji is like our Craigslist here in Canada. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, Kijiji used to be, like, wicked awesome back in the day. Like, I picked up my F5 on Kijiji in, I think, late 2017 for, like, 250 bucks, And now they're going for, like, 600 which just, like, it blows my mind. Like, you know, and the one that really blows my mind, though, is, like, the Contax cameras and the Yashica T4s. And all of these, like, super electronic cameras that are literally just ticking time bombs that just, like, you know, one day you're going to pick it up and breathe on it the wrong way. And it's just going to die. And you have, like, a thousand plus whatever paperweight. Um, and I totally fell prey to that once. I did buy a Nikon 35 Ti, and it's honestly the most beautiful camera I've ever owned. And I fucking hated it so much. Mm -hmm. It was so beautiful to hold, and I have a couple selfies where I'm holding it, and I'm like, oh, I miss it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it. Yeah. But me and the autofocus on it did not get along, and yeah, just like most of the time, the rolls were just like crap, and I was just like, I can't get behind this, and also, it's like, I'm going to dump this while they're still worth a ton of money, <laughs> and it can be either someone else's like, you know, crying game and not mine. I'm just laughing at the comments. Excellent. Plus, plus, plus. Exactly. Um, yeah, we we've got some we've got some good comments tonight. And thank you, Analog A. That's yeah. You don't need a five hundred dollar YouTube camera. It's crazy um, how much you can do with a 
like the four dollar yeah, well it's a point and shoot that camera that I bought at uh, Valley Village or the T90 was actually gifted to me but I don't, like he got it off Kijiji and I think it was it was like a hundred bucks at most like I don't I don't know but um, Dang, I just sold a T90 for like 300 some bucks it, oh really well it's good you know make your money on it yeah. It just but this like was, you know, six years ago, too, so, and I've been using that camera heavily for years, and it's never let me down, so, except for the batteries dying, and you know all about that, too. Yeah, but those are just double A's. You can easily swap that out. Well, well you know that the, so the batteries died inside, and then I tried to take the oh. tray out, and the clip broke. That's right. Uh, I had to drill. Yeah. I had to drill it out. Yeah. I forgot that he, you also you have two T90s now. I, I, I forgot do. About that. I do yeah. have two T90s because. Yeah, I feel bad that I had to like drill your other one. Oh. Um. Here's an interesting question, and this this is a first. So Jay Abbott, thank you. Um. If I gave away prizes, you would get one. Maybe one. Slide into my DMs. Maybe I'll send you something if I'm feeling charitable. Um. But. Favorite film strain and weed stock. <laughs> what I didn't even see that. Oh, I, I think what he meant to say is <laughs> uh, favorite film stock and weed strain. But uh, you know, answer uh, how how you want to. Uh, hmm. Film stock. I. This is what I always say when someone asks me. I don't have a favorite film stock. My favorite thing about shooting film is trying all the different films. So maybe I just haven't found my favorite yet. But I do. I like shooting different stuff all the time. And uh, I guess mostly like I do really enjoy shooting like higher ISO uh, films, like like 800. So like, Lo I love Lomo 800 and Fortra and Cinestill. It's as basic as it gets, I guess. Um, and films, uh, weed but stock strain. Uh, been cutting down on the weed lately personally, but uh, I don't know, like a hybrid. <laughs> yeah i've been cutting down on on the weed as well too honestly especially now since like the place i'm moving to in vancouver um is a um not allowed to smoke on the premises so mm -hmm. i'm lazy like if i can't just like sit out on like my back porch or whatever yeah i'm not going to make the effort to go like walk to a park or something cause, like just whatever you can't like that seems unfair it's, it's not unfair like she's it, it's just because like i'm gonna be living in the basement suite of this very very sweet old ukrainian lady's place and um she's super adorable and i'm probably gonna end up eating a lot of borscht soon mm, oh, right. um, yeah. but she's not cool with weed because like the last dude that was living down there was like smoking weed in the house all the time and it was just like stinking her out and so um, you know, she just doesn't want to fuck with the weed, which That's fair. I can totally respect because, you know, I'm, I'm too old for that shit anyways. Yeah. Well, same. I feel like, you know, I turned, uh, 27 and suddenly I can't hit bogs anymore. Oh, well, but, you know, love borscht. <laughs> can't say I've ever borscht. tried borscht. <laughs> You've never tried borscht? I don't think so. What is it? Uh, it? It's like a cabbage stew, basically. Okay. Yeah. It's fucking delicious. Um, so, you're gonna get hefty eating edibles now in lieu of smoke. I mean, I do like edibles sometimes, 
Like, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. Can you actually get $16 three rolls of Kodak Gold? That's good to know. I feel like it's much more expensive here. What? Who said that? Where? Vancouver, Walmart. In Vancouver, Walmart have $16 Kodak Gold, 200 I think they're doing weeds. <laughs> but whoever said that. <laughs> Borscht just beets. Okay. I like no, beets. it's not, it's not just beets, is it? There's also like other stuff. I don't know. I'm not Ukrainian. <laughs> no, me neither. Oh, there's Dave. Hi, Dave. Um, I totally lost train of thought. Sorry. Those yeah. um, old Milwaukee's are like really kind of. Um... Oh yeah, it's like old to... Milwaukee. I haven't. You really lost your train of thought. Um, yeah, cheap film. I guess purchasing in Walmart is what there's because. For one thing, it's like I I never see it there anymore. It's always sold out. Um, yeah, I I don't I feel like I paid more than sixteen dollars. I think I paid like forty dollars for three rolls of like Fuji Superior shoppers recently because I just like needed film and it was there, and I was like, I'm, this is ridiculous. Don't but... do that to yourself. No. Yeah. I mean, for for that you're you're like three quarters of the way more yeah you're like three quarters of the way to a pro pack of portrait that, that, I, that price. I know that price is ridiculous and and also like fuck fuji so hard they why can like they totally run the film you like because they're just dicks i mean they can just run backward for through a field of dicks for all i care <laughs> okay yeah because they kill all the beautiful things and um <laughs> yeah like, I mean, they killed Pack Film, which was a super bummer. And then they killed Superior 1600, which also, like, bummed me out a lot because, like, there's no other high-speed film color than, like, that was, that was the last thought... super high-speed one. Right. Well. Because, like, 800 is, like, the highest now. No, it's true. Yeah, you can't find. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. You see... I'm sorry you feel personally attacked by that, but... I don't feel oh, personally attacked. Oh. I just, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. It just it just bums me out. But I've been, uh, yeah, it it, it is a, a run the jewels uh, reference there. So congratulations, uh, waste of silver, because you you caught that. Um, yeah, Neopan sixteen hundred was was cool too. Um, Never shot any of that. Never got a chance. Well, so I, maybe. but I mean. And it's funny too because I remember when I first started shooting film, like I I would buy a lot of Superior like two hundred and four hundred clips what I could find for cheap, and so I I always enjoyed that film. But now like I never shoot it anymore, so it's, so I I don't want to hate on it. But like, I've really been well. liking Lomo four hundred lately. I love Lomo, um, their color negative films like the eight hundred and the four hundred, even the one hundreds. I I do like that stuff. I mean, there are other, like, crazier films, like The Purple, and it's one of those films that's, like, yeah, you always want to shoot and try, because you see other people shooting and making cool images with it, and then every time I use it, I'm like, oh, I just wish I shot this on a normal film, but, I mean, you can make some cool stuff with it. Yeah, I really so liked I, The Metropolis, I've... too, actually, but... Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, like, because I think I gave you all of my Lomo purple because I bought a bunch because I saw, like, what people were doing with it. And then I was just like, I don't want to have purple pictures. So I, I gave you all the Lomo purple that I had. 
but I do really like the Metropolis. Yeah. Um, yeah, Metropolis is cool. I did like the Metropolis. My purple. Who's purple post? I don't know. Did don't you know. post a purple? Not recently, but yeah. I have posted some purple. I've shot a few. Actually, the last roll of purple film I had in a camera, I fucked up uh, unloading it and just exposed the whole roll, and I was and fuck this. So that's the last roll of purple I had, and it's gone. <laughs> it would just oh. never be seen. So that's uh, all the fun in film, right? So what are you gonna do? Where is it here? Film speeds are not as linear and perfect as. Well, I mean, so that's kind of a, f- a funny point there on film speeds because um, right before I left Toronto, um, we shot some large format and I thought that it was 400 speed film. And so I metered it for 400 and processed it as 400 because I thought it was really 400. And then when I got it out of the processor, I discovered that it was egg for Chrome 50. And it's still there were still images, which was kind of kind of amazing. So yeah, I guess like film can take some abuse sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's one thing I, I haven't experimented with too much is like pushing and pulling uh film. But I have here there are like realized halfway through a role that I've set the ISO on the camera incorrectly and then had to um push or pull and um development uh, and like the results are always pretty good or if like I've had an expired film and I rated it lower um to, to address that and stuff like that and it, it's I, I know with black and white film you can do a lot more um pushing and stuff and you don't get as much color shifts right so yeah Dave, Dave's going hard on the c41 right now he says uh he advises everyone to expose their film properly instead of pushing it because c41 is gross when pushed E6 and B, uh, black and white push well, but C41 pushes terribly. See, I was under the impression that you don't want to... Oh, wait, I guess, the, yeah, the process. Okay. But yeah, when shooting positive film, you do want to expose it correctly, right? Like, Well, I mean, ideally, yeah. you want to shoot any kind of film correctly. Yeah, but I mean, it has less uh, <laughs> latitude, right? Than... Yeah, so slide yeah. slide film is very unforgiving um, yeah whereas like you know negative has a lot of latitude um which is kind of like why i really like shooting portrait because um i've done some kind of fucked up stuff with portrait and it's it's worked out uh, really well um jay abbott asks do you scan your own negatives and if so what program do you use for the most part, no. Uh, usually I get down to our camera scan the stuff for me. They do a great job. I did buy a scanner God, a few months ago now. Um, so I have scanned some. I've only scanned, like, so all the black and white stuff I've uh, posted recently is all scanned myself. Um, and I have an Epson, and it's silver fast that I use um, to scan. So I, eventually I'll start maybe doing the color too. It's, you know, it's one of those things I learned. I was like, I get why now people pay someone else to do this it's a lot of work <laughs> it's uh time consuming and using the software and everything so yeah it's it sucks like when you told me you were buying a scanner I didn't want to dissuade you from it because you seemed really excited <laughs> and I was just like she'll figure it out either she will <laughs> love scanning because there are some people out there that are mm-hmm. like I love scanning and I'm like okay I don't know I don't understand that I don't understand the love of it because I 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's every once in a while, I'll sit down and have a scanning night, and it's nice. It's, you know, some time I have to myself, and I enjoy it. But um, it's it was just, yeah, more of a pain in the butt than I expected it to be. I don't know why. should have should have watched all the YouTube videos I've been skipping out on. But uh, no, I, I mean, I'll get around. I think I'll, you know, there's a learning curve and I'll probably learn to enjoy it more. But Well, Dave says here, someone who scans maybe 100 rolls per week, he hates it. I hate it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'll just, <laughs> if anything, learn to hate it more. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that would be a... I thought my life was hectic. I do not have any children, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can I imagine that it... making it difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Kids, they're great, right? Scanning. <laughs> I don't know if it's really a party, though, because parties are supposed to be fun. You could do like a virtual scanning party, get, uh, you know, uh, and you just hear the. <laughs> That lovely sound it makes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think I am going to have to cave and buy a scanner soon, though, to do 8 by 10 So, oh, um, question. Any photo books that you recommend? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I'm i taking recommendations right now. I don't feel like I have uh, much much of a collection. I did recently... What is it? I have it recently. Um, get something... Uh, purchased one that I enjoyed from Andy's Eyes on Instagram, who's a Toronto photographer who shoots film. Um, it was called I Feel. And it was a it was a cool book. I like that. It was really cool seeing the it's funny because I followed I followed this person on Instagram forever and he always posts like spots that I recognize. Um, and I think that's it's a fun that's a fun Toronto photo book that I would recommend. Nice. Or uh, any of, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Any, any of which, sorry? I was going to say, Merlin has a couple of cool photo books too, but I don't know if they're still available. Uh, well, I only have one so far, but I am going to be okay. doing a reissue of that one. Um, the follow-up to it didn't really work out as well as I'd planned because the move kind of got all fucked up. So I'm going to have to adjust what the follow-up will be. Um, and then the Polaroid book... Um, I'm going to do a pre-order for that once I get settled into Vancouver because um, I figured doing a um, pre-order while moving, uh, just not a great idea. Uh, Dave recommends Cape Light, which is a fantastic book. Um, so uh, you could probably find that on the Googles. And Daywood Bay is he's an amazing photographer as well, too. Um, and recent ones that I've picked up that I really enjoyed uh, Raymond Molinar's Polaroids book was fantastic. It was like, uh, I think like a decade or so of uh, Polaroid time zero shots that he had taken with his SX 70. Um, that was a beautifully done book uh, put out by film photographic. And um, also um, Jason Lee's, book through Stanley Barker of American Photos was a really good one. I think that one's been sold out, though. Um, and Larry Clark's Tulsa book, if you can find a copy of that one, that's a really beautiful black and white book. Um, Johnny yeah, the Bandit asks... 
Yeah, that I did show you that one because that has that like, one, one of the really, most striking yeah, images. So yeah, cool book. yeah, the pregnant lady doing heroin. Yeah, like that. oof. That that's a that's a wild. Well, wild don't ruin one. the book for them, Merlin. But <laughs> well, there's there's still there's so yeah, much yeah, more just... that they can check out there. <laughs> yeah, um, Johnny cars. the Bandit says, "What is your opinion on cars?" Newer, or newer cars on film. I know everyone enjoys old cars on film, but I like a lot of new cars too. Uh, yeah, I'm. I like old cars myself. I, I can't say I shoot a lot of new cars on film. It's they just don't have the same attraction for me as I'm sure a lot of other people. There's something about an old car on film, right? Um. I I don't I don't care for new cars that much to be honest. I don't I don't really can't say. Then again, though, I mean, there was a phase in my life where I was going to car events a lot, and I would shoot. I I shoot everything on film, so I would shoot them on film too. So I think everything's better on film versus. But like again, I think most people in that realm uh, shooting newer cars work in digital. I imagine, but. Uh, I suppose that's my opinion. I support support it all. Do you? If you like it, Johnny, you shoot it. Yeah, I mean, really, it should just be up to you. If if you feel that it's something that you're compelled to push the button for, you should do it. You know, who yeah. cares if other people don't like it as long as you like it? You know, but I do have to agree most new cars are fucking boring. They all look the same for the most part. Yeah, don't do it for me. Personally. Yeah, they just don't have as much character. Like, yeah. Sorry to be, yeah. Don't cliche be Cliche or basic or whatever, but... It's not cliche or basic. It's like <laughs> someone says here, um, facts. Best thing to shoot is cats. Hundreds. I've never really shot them. Love cat photos, always. I see a cat photo on the gram. I like it. Doesn't matter where it came from. That's true. <laughs> cats are the best. Also, hard to shoot. I feel like most cats know when you have a camera in their face, and they're not about it. But I've never really tried shooting cats much. Um, so I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I used to, I don't have any cats now, but I did. Uh, have cats is definitely some a way I've finished off some roles, pictures of my cat. So I agree. Those pictures don't always make it to the gram, but I love a good cat pic. Well, and I mean, sometimes not everything should go on the gram. <laughs> no, no. There's, I have a, a lot of photos that have not seen the light of day. So, and that's okay. Same. Sometimes they're just for you. I have a lot of pictures that are like just for me or the people that have created them with. Yeah. And that's just fine. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Becca and Merlin, when you go out to shoot, do you bring one camera or multiple? I'll let you go first. Uh, usually multiple. It depends, I guess, on the kind of day that I'm planning. Uh, like if say I'm going for like a, a hike or something with a friend who isn't into the photography, I will bring just like one smaller camera. But like if I'm going out with say Merlin and we're specifically going out to shoot photos, I, there's a very good chance I have uh, like two to three cameras with me and a light meter and yeah, lenses. 
extra film. So, yeah. Uh, multiple, I guess, is the answer. Yeah, same here. I, I usually have at least two or three cameras, <laughs> if not more, on me at, at any given time. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you got to have options color, black and white, instant film, medium format, large format, 35 millimeter. You know, what it, you got to be prepared, you know? <clears throat> so, I would have to say yeah. multiple for me too. And Analog A says, for both of you, what about the creative process? Do you go outside, shoot an exclusive project, or take the camera and shoot what you see and then come up with a project? Hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I will. I will just go out and shoot what I see. Um, I mean, there has been occasion where I like I'm specifically going somewhere to shoot something, and um, I would. I don't know if I'd call it a project, but say there's a certain space that I want to shoot. I will go out with a goal, and I like sometimes I even save like certain film that I want to shoot a certain thing with um so it yeah it all depends but there are definitely days where I just go out just for the sake of going for a walk and take my camera and see what see what I can find yeah so I always have my camera with me because it's like my mental health blanket so um yeah I just shoot whatever looks interesting there are some times where it's just like you know there, there'll be like a specific project or a specific thing that I want to shoot but for the most part I just always have at least one camera with me to just shoot whatever comes up yeah so I don't really know if it's so much a creative process but just maybe like a drive to just yeah. create things <clears throat> yeah because I don't really have a process yeah I feel like I can't really say I do either it's it's just yeah the joy of creating images right so that would be a kind of a funny book because you know the joy of cooking someone should make like the joy <laughs> of creating <laughs> yeah that would be interesting here go I'm gonna write that down yeah <laughs> steal I mean, your idea real quick yeah just just uh just make sure to tag me on it thank you well it's gonna be a book yeah just like a, a credits there okay yeah yeah special thanks exactly you yeah. know yeah. thanks for letting me steal your idea yeah well <laughs> you you said it on an instagram live chat so that's your own fault that's true in the tens of people yeah. watching right now can run with it. <laughs> yeah you never know who's watching <laughs> that's true that's true yeah, yeah. Well, i mean i guess we could very easily find out who's watching. um maybe where do i look I know, uh, can whatever. You? anyway <laughs> um, a common topic in photography is shooting street portraits when given the opportunity do you shoot without asking or shoot the portrait based on the response of the subject I do not do a lot of this. I, it's something I've been trying to work up the courage to do is like ask people to do street portraits because I'm not, I'm not going to shoot unless I have, a, I mean like sure, like I'll, you know, do some shooting here and there. there's people in the photos, but like specifically like a portrait of that person. Um, 
it's not something I've done a lot of and mostly because I I'm scared to ask um but I I do want to do more of that um anyone's got any tips on that how to overcome that because I feel like I've missed out on some opportunities uh but I I and I I know a lot of people will probably say yes but if not asking wouldn't make it a portrait Hmm. that's true um yeah I mean not asking is just kind of like invasive exactly Um, I sort of like the rule that I work with is if I look in the viewfinder and it feels too intimate then I won't take the picture without asking um so if it's like if I look in it and I don't feel like this would be an uncomfortable thing then I'll just take the picture but if it does feel like it it's possibly too intimate and could be um, invasive to the person, um, I'll usually ask. And that, that's why, so I, I order these like little business cards off a of Moo that fit in that useless pocket in your jeans. Um, oh, yeah. To just like have my like Instagram and um, like, you know, website, email address, phone number and stuff on it. And um, if the moment does feel too intimate, but I still really want to take that shot, I'll ask the person, just be like, hey, like, you know, I, not a total weirdo kind of weirdo but like this is my details here yeah just a little bit of a weirdo uh i really liked what you were just doing in that moment would you mind if i take a picture of like you know just act like i didn't interrupt you and just you know totally cool and then like i may post it on my instagram you can find it here if you hate it um you can like you know email me call me carrier pigeon whatever and i'll, I'll take it off the the webs and yeah that's and i mean that's a bit that's the thing with film too, right? It's not like you can, you know, take the picture and then be like, oh, like, and when they're mad, be like, oh, don't worry, I can just delete it. It's like, no, that's film. I can't even show it to you. So it is, uh, it's, it's a little bit different in that aspect. But yeah, that's why I just haven't, I haven't done a lot of that. Um, it's something I would like to try more of. But and, and most barrier. of the time, when you ask people, they usually get kind of excited about it. I, I've, yeah. See, I, had... so I don't have a lot of experience with it. So, yeah. Well, and, and like, I'm Most... still kind of new to it as well, too. So, like, um, I just started doing more portraits, like, right before I met you. Um, okay. I was sort of afraid of it. And so it's like when I took your portrait, that was part of, like, my practice of, like, trying to, like, get more comfortable with taking people's pictures by being like, hey, I'm going to give you this thing. This is an exchange. So if I give you this, is it cool if I take your picture? And um, because there's an exchange happening, um, you know, you're probably more likely to say yes than no. And that's why I took right. your picture. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mind. I'm, my thing is too, is like, I'm so awkward in front of a camera. Like, as you probably know, Merlin, you've taken a fair amount of portraits of me at this point. But you're not that awkward. Okay, well, good. Thank you. But not that awkward. And I feel like I've made some progress, too, even. You have. Like maybe, right? At first, yeah, it was like, harder. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, so coming from that perspective, too, right? It, it's harder for, like, I understand that those, these people might not want. Uh, being on that side of the camera is hard, personally. So, um and I guess that's why I'm scared. I'm scared people, but, like, what what is their excuse? They're going to say no all right, you move on. Not a big deal, right? So. Yeah. yeah, and like, you know, there's a couple comments here saying that people don't like to ask. It kind of changes. 
um, you know, how the image <laughs> works and like, you know, the, the naturalness of it. Um, but I also think like, given the age we're living in and the issues that are coming up that we're trying to address and the climate of things, um, that's a fucking weak excuse, honestly. Um, you know, we can't be infringing on people's space for, for art. And, um, you know, especially if it's like male photographers that are like taking portraits of, of women where it's like candid and things like that. Um, and then like, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. Um, you know, just stop fucking doing that right now. Cause it's, it's not really art. If, if you're infringing on someone's space, like, yeah, it's sure. It, it's art, but it's shitty, I guess, is, is the, the point I'm trying to make is like, you know, we need to be respecting each other's space a lot more. Um, and yeah, you know, comment here. Thank you for saying consent is required. I, I think it's important to, to ask for consent. And if it changes the moment, that's fine. Um, you're still going to get an image. Maybe it's not the exact one that you want, but it's not going to violate that person's basic human rights and the, that person's privacy. Pri yeah, privacy and space <clears throat> kind of thing. And, and that's where it's like, I go back to my personal rule of if it feels too intimate, I'm going to, I'm not going to take that shot because I don't want to encroach on someone's space or infringe in their space and, and violate um, you know, their, uh, their, their privacy kind of thing. Or if it's like a very intimate moment, I don't want to take a photo of that and I guess like capitalize on the intimacy of that moment. Cause like mm -hmm. it could very, like there's been tons of photos that could have been like extremely powerful, beautiful photos had I taken them, but it would have violated one or both of those people for like what to get a bunch of likes on Instagram or get comments from people being like beautiful shot way to take advantage of someone's situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree. And that's part of why I don't do a lot of it. And that I just don't shoot those street portraits without asking. And if I don't ask then they don't happen. Right. So yeah. And yeah. Asking gets way better. Like, yeah, you, you get a totally different sort of, uh, you, you might get a better image is what John's yeah that, that's a great like comment that. here you yeah. know asking gets way and that's true because like maybe they will be more relaxed and um you know be more playful be more interactive with with your lens than they would if like you know you get like this terse shot because like just before you push the shutter they realize what you're doing and they're immediately pissed off and i'm not sorry for saying this um just be fucking better be more respectful using like it's art as an excuse is fucking bullshit you know you're not an artist you're a violator <clears throat> stop fucking doing that so yeah not sorry if you hate it unfollow me don't tune in whatever like you know be butthurt about it and then you'll probably think about it and be like oh yeah maybe i don't want to violate people and then when you get right. back to and that place, feel free to follow me and tune in again. <laughs> but it's the same thing as I was saying before too, right? It's like, how would you feel if someone just invaded that personal moment for you, right? So 
like I said, I don't like being like I'm awkward in front of the camera and uh, I don't like to be unprepared for a photo. So uh, I can respect that. And I think we should all just respect each other. That's yeah. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Like I, I'm, I went on a photo walk in Boston a couple of years ago and there's this one dude that was with us on the photo walk that just like completely turned me off um, because he's like, I'm a street photographer. And he was like, like taking his camera and shoving it in people's faces with the flash on and like firing it like right in their face because he liked getting the angry response from those people because he felt it was like real and candid and things like that. And I was just like, no, you're just being a dick, man. Like, yeah. you're upsetting people and you're, like, you know, assaulting them with your camera in a way. Like, you know, that's not cool. That's not art. That's just you're being an asshole with the camera. <laughs> and you're going to make that person hate other photographers because they're going to remember this, like, dick that shoved their camera in their face and, um, you know, fired a photo. So I, I just don't really like it. And... I have to degree. I have to disagree with you, Paul. There, like in my mind, yeah. street <laughs> photography same. for me does. I like. I do a lot of street photography. I don't have many people in it. Yeah, um, same. You know, like I'm kidding. What? What? Like when you think street photography, Becca? Like what? What comes to your mind? Uh, I guess like so. Obviously, the, the people can be in it, but not so much street. Like there's a difference to me between street street photography and street portraits right whereas before we were talking about street portraits where you take a picture of a person specifically and I think asking would be what you should do um but street photography is just anything that is street I think of it as more like urban exploration photography kind of thing right so yeah yeah just anything that's not indoor photography or like landscape rural photography so cars buildings yeah light and shadows and on the street yeah yeah i love that kind of stuff um and you are fantastic at capturing like urban decay and those kinds of things you know mm -hmm. which i know is one of your favorites um i think for me like street photography is just photography you do when you're out and about you're walking yeah. on the street you take you see something that looks interesting you're taking a photo of it that's that's a street photography photo to me um, like that's what I've always considered street photography. And up until the last like couple years, I've made a point to avoid getting people in my photos because like, I've just haven't been comfortable with that. Cause like, I haven't wanted to, um, encroach on people's spaces, but also like the people aren't what I find interesting. It's like yeah. the graffiti or the building or like the words, like those are the things I want to take of the photo. And like, if someone gets in that photo, I'm more pissed about it. Cause it's like, you fucking ruined the photo. I don't want you in it. Yeah, I, want this that's, thing. I was just going to say, I try to avoid people in my photos for the most part. Um, I prefer the look of an empty space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Negative I guess... space is kind of fun. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. You're no, saying, I that's get... good. And more so like the story of like, the, it creates of humans that have been in that space, right? Without someone, yeah, being in it, mucking it up. Yeah, which is something that you've done a very good job of capturing. And a lot of your work is this sort of just like, this look of desolation of something that's been like lived in, but now is just vacant. And there's just like remnants yeah. of, of no, people. It... 
and it's kind of funny too because like my the tagline on my Instagram is you know the human condition on 35 millimeter and very rarely pictures of humans <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit uh, contradictory but at the same time you're still seeing the aftermath of humans I guess is more so yeah well and I, I guess like that is the human condition though like you yeah, look exactly. at the state that we've left the world and, and not only the world the state we've left each other like for the most part as a species we just like to destroy things and leave this like wake of leftovers behind us yeah Yeah. that's the human condition the viewer is the human element i like that one that's there you go yeah right and you're seeing it It, yeah it's really my human condition right that you're seeing (laughs) but uh yeah i like that one the environment gives off a type of feeling almost post-human precisely yeah it's like the absence of humans in a human created space yeah yeah like that that was one of the like one of my favorite photo books is um a plain view uh that jason lee did in i think like he shot it during 2017 and released it in 2018 um but it's a series of photos all through texas and um you know it's hundred some pages of uh of color images mostly shot on four by five but throughout all of it it's just vacant spaces remnants of people there's no actual people in any of the shots except for one there's just one photo that has like a dude sitting in it um and the thing that's interesting with is like a lot of these towns that he went to they look like ghost towns they look completely vacant um but they're not like, it's just that there was, like, no people in that moment, and it just gives the images this interesting feel of just, like, you know, where, like, almost like Langoliers or something like that, where it's just, like, all the people just, like, vanished, and now it's just these empty spaces, and it has a really cool feel uh, because of that, because yeah. you're not, you're you're being drawn into, like, that image and the surroundings and not being distracted by, like, having people in it. No, exactly. And I think that's kind of what I strive for in most of my images is to have that, yeah, that feeling. It's like a, and especially in the last year or so, right, with everything and like lockdown and everything, you can go and shoot those spaces with nobody in it. And it's like this weird, eerie sort of effect. Um, I'm really jealous of your TTC photos, honestly, because I fucking wish I had some like empty shots of like the subway and ttc oh, yeah and, a couple yeah, yeah. And, I, and i'm still taking the subway all the time um and it is weird because i work right at like such a busy area and i remember last year in the first lockdown it was just like i'd get off work nine ten o'clock at night at young and dundas and there's no one around so i have some photos of like just like yeah like dead young and dundas but you never see it like or at least you didn't ever see it before ttc is the toronto transit commission it's our, it's, yeah it's our subway service transit system yeah well i guess um, not our anymore it's it's yeah, your because mine. like i'm no longer an east coaster yeah. yeah yeah um yeah i mean like seeing dundas square empty now is is not going to be a thing because it's usually filled with like fucking anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers now so yeah. that's cool yeah that happens too unfortunately sometimes but uh no it was really eerie uh I remember 
some nights. I, I learned a really interesting thing tonight when I was visiting with my friend of the power of anti-masking. So um, Cranbrook, where I am right now in this hotel room, um, I think the if you see it there, it says like, you know, greetings from Cranbrook or something like Cranbrook welcomes you. Um, Cranbrook is a much larger town than uh, Kimberly. I think Cranbrook is like, you know, tens of thousands of people. Kimberly's like f maybe 5,000. There's only act 18 active cases of COVID in Cranbrook right now, but there's like 45 in Kimberly. And they have a smaller population, but it's mostly filled with like anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers. So that's the power of anti-masking. So okay. wear a fucking mask and wash your hands. This shit's real, idiots. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Anyways, tangent. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Um, and I'm wearing, you know, my mask on the subway and all that. So, and most people do. And that's the one thing too, I've noticed too, is we're taking it, it because of everything. There's less people on it, which is nice, but still. Yeah. Now's the time to pursue. Yes. Um, lockdown, I think has opened a lot of people's eyes. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, though, because I remember going into last year, I was like, my whole goal was to, like, be more social and take more portraits. And, like, none of that happened. I took a lot of self-portraits. So I guess there was that exploration. And, like, it opened myself up to that, which like, is a good practice in the interim. But, uh, well, I mean, you took some nice portraits of me, which are some of my favorite. There you photos. go. Yeah. yeah. And you virtually met a lot of people through NFC. So, yep. I mean, you did meet your goals, just not in the way that you wanted to. Yes. Just, I guess, yeah, life takes its own turn sometimes. Oh, speaking of which. Yeah. <laughs> is that, did I break out a camera? I don't have one. Well, this is just the thing. I always get like a I know. shot of the... I knew this. I was prepared. Yeah, you, you were prepared. Well, I mean... Oh, maybe... oh wow! That I was making a dumb face. <laughs> okay, we'll do another one. Okay, okay better face. All right. Let's Three, two, one. There you go. There you go. Um. Yeah. yeah. It's it's been. Last year was weird. Yeah. It's still weird. This year's weird. We yeah, like maybe <laughs> weirder. Because, like, everyone's just so exhausted. And, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. fatigue. Yeah. Just a little bit of fatigue. Like, yeah. At that point. And, I mean, I mean to be honest, I'm, I consider myself lucky. I've remained employed and working and going into work through all of it. So my routine hasn't changed all that much. Um, but because uh, I, I, I'm not the type. I don't think I, I think I'd go crazy sitting at home all the time even working from home and doing the zoom calls and all of that. So yeah, but, it's I mean, not easy. Cause yeah. Like right before I met you and had the car accident, um, I had a massive temper tantrum at work about how much I hated zooms. Like it was just like a complete, like, you know, child melting down kind of like thing 
about like how awful zooms work because it's just like i got so tired of like being stuck in my house and staring at a computer screen and seeing people's faces on it and my face being on it and it's just like yeah here you are Um, you're later doing this (laughs) yeah but like so this is different like this is very different from 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 zoom meetings um and then like what made me snap was because someone asked like you know how's everyone feeling about the new normal and like everyone was kind of being like oh it's great like i'm more productive and you know they're saying all this shit about it when like individually when i talked to them they were all like i hate it it sucks this is the worst but like when a higher level person was asking they're like oh it's the best like i love it and just like you guys are all fucking liars this sucks like (laughs) but this has been kind of like different in it what's that yeah you're just full of shit yeah exactly (laughs) well you know i i don't really i don't sugarcoat shit for people so i just call it like it is um but this has been a bit different than like zooms and stuff because it's more um actually when connecting with someone yeah and, like sharing choosing for someone you want to talk to it's not work people right like yeah yeah I not mean, to like, say that you know yeah well i mean like yeah there's there's always like ass kissing exactly not, right there's shit. i'm too old to kiss ass and i just don't really care it's just not in my nature yeah i couldn't really see yeah. you doing that at all yeah. No. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, when the time's right, I guess. But the time should never be. You should never have a kiss <laughs> ass. Like it, it should really be like your your ability is is what should give you merit. Like, um, I don't know. It's something that I've I've like had to learn over time, is that um, not to be afraid to like stand up for what you value and um for for others um out of fear of like having repercussions in in your position um because like yeah i am ashamed to admit that i have let kind of terrible things happen where i didn't say anything um because i was worried about how it would affect me and then looking back on that um I really regret that because had I said something, um, maybe it could have helped make those situations better. Um, so that's something that I definitely don't do at all anymore is, um, you know, stand by and watch terrible things happen. So, yeah, Yeah, no, I think that's good for you for coming to that conclusion and sticking to it because the world is a better place that way. Um, uh, Paul has a question yes, for you. Yeah, I was going to say thank you, Paul, for getting us sort of back on track yeah. to this. <laughs> what What is Northern Film Collective? Well, Northern Film Collective is a collective of photographers who shoot film from across Canada. Uh, it could be anyone uh, that has photos of Canada on film. So it's an Instagram account that I started running uh, in October of 2019, and have since. Uh, made a photo book so we will continue to make a yearly volume um, which can be submitted to and it features photographic work from across Canada 
And and I think uh, it's important to point out that um, the Northern Film Collective is the very first group of this type to ever be created um, and the most welcoming and inclusive one out of the like two that exist in Canada right now. <laughs> Uh, I would have to agree. Um, Might be biased because I created this one, but also, I mean, if we're going to elaborate on that, elaborate on that point, there is a similar account who is, that is run by someone who, uh, I don't even know. I'll say it. So there's a guy, (laughs) he goes by Pete's Film Photography. He runs the Canadian Film Photographers, something like that. Canadian Film Photographers, Caffinol Lab, and like a million other fucking, I don't know how he has the time to run as many Instagram accounts as he does. I have like two plus the film collective and that's like too much. And it's, I found it overwhelming. That's why I brought you and Allie in to help with it because yeah. I was like, this is too much. So I, I maybe he doesn't. But he, um, he steals a lot of Becca's fantastic ideas. And um, I don't know, like, I, I personally, I talked about um, this in, in the CCR um, podcast, but I feel that like groups that, that operate like Canadian film photographers are uh, an exemplary example of what not to do with a community and the types of community that we don't need to have in in any kind of like realm because it just um it encourages really toxic behavior and it's very exclusionary and i just don't like those things i don't think it's something that um we need to have out there yeah i mean my problem um with it is just the whole it's almost yeah like an elitist thing like yeah the way it's portrayed there is like well if you're not shooting film you're doing it wrong and i mean obviously i believe that digital has its own place um as well and i don't know you don't need to shove things down someone's throat and everyone can enjoy it for their own reasons and yes i mean i don't want to say i can't say for sure this person stole my idea but i literally did feature one of his photos on the account and then a couple months later he was running his own of the same thing and uh even tried to turn around and tell me not to use this hashtag yeah that that was a fun one because he blocked the collective and And all of the curators yeah and then and then he like re-emerged exactly when i reached out to him to be like hey like well if I'm not using your hashtag or whatever, can you not take my account and your posts and stuff? Like I use that to look for people who want to be featured. And then he was a bit of a baby and uh, blocked me and all of us. And then actually first he tried to go and talk shit about me to you first. Well, not, not even talk shit about me to you. He was like, you know, (laughs) I'm going to talk to the man about this and get the man to sort all this out. And it's just like, people don't do that. Like if if you have a beef with someone, if you're a man's and you have a beef with with uh, you know anyone else, don't 
circumvent them and like try and address it through another party like just fucking talk to them like it's just goddamn ridiculous like it really because he's like oh you know blah 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 like you know she's not making sense can you reason with her and it's just like you reason with her that's this is like you guys have this problem and like i i just help her out like this is but now we have a problem because you've pulled me into this and i don't like you now because of this because you're kind of like a weird sexist jerk face and um just don't do that you know especially if you're going to be this person that's trying to build a community to like you know pull people in and um you know, foster any kind of like good, uh, good community. Um, that's not a great example. And then like when, when you introduced curators, he brought in like that, that whole captain thing. And like, you know, that was a fucking weird thing. And th- so this was something that I found out about after the CCR thing. And I wish I knew it because I would have said it on the CCR thing, but I was talking to another film photographer that we know who happens to be female. And when he put out that call for um, people to be uh, captains or whatever the fuck he called them, she sent in a message being like, hey, I'd be down to like, you know, lead one of the provinces. He never responded to her. Yeah, and I I don't know, he's blocked me on everything. So like, are all of the people, uh, his captains are all male? All males, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, all males. And, yep. um, you know, I don't know them personally, but I mean, it, it looks like it could have been like a poster board for like, you know, an incel like helpline or something, um, which was super fantastic. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just, I see a community like that and um, it just seems like a beacon of like what not to do. Um, Cause I've just been like so spoiled, um, not only like through the, the film collective, um, but also um, through like things like the Instant Film Society and like through Darkroom Lab and all that, where there's been like, these really wonderful, inclusive communities um, that don't come off as elitist and don't come off as like exclusionary and don't seem outwardly sexist. Yeah. Um, so just don't be like Pete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever you know they're doing their thing and a lot of people do support and obviously follow that account um but i mean that's i've heard from a few different people now that yeah it's a little disrespectful i mean and that interaction i had with him was enough for me to just write that it all off all together because it was just immature to to the whole blocking me and you and Allie as well, who had nothing to do with any of it. Right. Just all the curators blocked. Um, And it was so funny too, because I was only reacting to what he had said to me in the first place, right? After he had requested. Well, and and then it was wild because he had asked you to do the same thing like a year prior. Which, I I don't know. Like, that's just... It just, yeah, clearly is ego or something's hurt i don't know yeah just don't be a dick so circling that whole thought back is we need to have more inclusivity in our communities out there a lot more understanding and acceptance and and we need you know if if everyone the participating in these communities to stand up and 
um, you know, call out this kind of behavior. Like if you see it happening, um, don't, don't let it just kind of happen and don't say anything about it. Cause um, that's how these communities get support is because, yeah. you know, some people may have these poor experiences, but other people don't. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, I don't think they're like that. It's like, well, they, they are. Um, just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean other people haven't. No, exactly. Right. And that's even what I've uh, said too. Is, I mean, other than that, that was a negative experience for sure. Um, dealing with that. And also just in general, I feel, I don't know if it has anything to do with being a female um, and starting this collective and versus him being ambiguous. Cause I, I know for a long time, it wasn't even clear who was running the account. He didn't have it um available but and also being male i feel like it receives like quite a bit of support um and i don't think he's doing a better job <laughs> personally well i mean all he, he, he does like <laughs> whore himself out a lot more than we do because he's like you know doing all the crazy hashtags and then like tagging kodak and like everyone in it and stuff and it's just like not necessarily doing a better job but just sort of like being more shameless about it I suppose yeah and there's you know and it, it very well could be just like an unconscious bias thing too but work on that it could be. yeah exactly just just be better and you know yeah. I'm not I'm, I'm gonna like shamelessly say and Northern Film Collective is like fucking awesome we appreciate everyone <laughs> I mean and yeah we pick up all people I try I try like to be more um inclusive as well and I mean it is hard I mean the fact is that this realm is dominated by, you know, white cisgendered men. Um, that's most of uh, what, at least for what I see, maybe I need to work on it too. I, like I do try to personally follow more women and uh, people of color and um, all of that. So I just do see a lot. There's a lot of men. Um, there are. Out there doing it. So yeah maybe and, you know things like the film sorority are fantastic like you know that that's a great like if you want to find more female photographers female content out there give the film sorority a follow check them out the work that danielle has been doing with crispy and i can't remember the name of the other um person right now um if, if you look on the film sorority it has like the list of all the people that um are, are making that happen but like that's a very very important movement an important thing to support right now because yeah this is a very like male dominated realm and um you know it's kind of fucking boring sometimes because of it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think photography especially um seeing all the different perspectives is what makes it uh Oh yeah, Women Street Photographers is a great account. I I followed them there. That's a good one. I nice. I agree. And that's not that specifically analog or anything, right? That's just straight up street photography, which I think I don't know if it was Paul that was saying that before. It was or someone just would like to see more communities that yeah, are just photography based and not specifically digital or film. Um and I think yeah, it's all well. <laughs> almost just knocked over my whole table there um yeah no i think it's good to see all of it 
right? That that'll only make you a better photographer as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like you must be exhausted right now, though. Uh, yeah, I'm getting. <laughs> I haven't had dinner yet. <laughs> oh shit! Came home well, from work and did this, but uh, I should probably let you go have because I I also have not done that either. What um, about the spaghetti that you spilled on yourself? Well, so I had a little bit. I had oh, like still, just oh, just a little a little yeah. tiny bit um, because Good. I needed to have a little bit of something to get through this because um, yeah this I, trip I has been that. insane yeah. um, you're just out there doing yeah it. just running away from Toronto yeah <laughs> peace out man yeah bye just Toronto left me little me and everyone behind it's fine. I'm not sour I'm, about it at all. It was hard to move away. I'm sorry. I know. It's okay. You're yeah. just going to have to come to Vancouver. Yes. Um, I will. Where is it here? One of the best reasons I love the account is that it's not just film. It's all about pure photography, regardless of medium or background. Yes, exactly. I like Obviously. that because I don't really like that whole, like, you know, film is holier than thou statement um because it's just like film can be great but there's also a lot of just like shit photos that are done on film and just because you took a picture on film doesn't make it inherently better right that's what i was saying earlier about how like the film community is always very much just like i I don't want to say it's like a circle jerk situation right like what is it there's like a reddit account it's like analog circle jerk but it's all the bitter digital photographers that are making fun of the analog photographers that just sit around um bigging each other up but like they're and like i love that about the community but um at the same time like a photo isn't a great photo just because it's on film and i think there is right yeah so yeah i mean yes i run an account that features only film photography but uh you know it's like a niche i found i love film a lot like i shoot pretty much only film because it's a personal choice for me but like I totally respect the digital photography community as well they can probably you know and yeah they can take great images as well just no I, I agree with that too like I think like they're all just tools and if it helps you be creative and it helps you share um like a story or vision or anything that you would like to put out there in the world then who cares what you make it with as long as you're not harming other people or marginalizing other people um, or taking advantage of someone to do that, all the more power to you. Do do whatever yeah, you got to do to like make things that feel good to you. Um, <laughs> Johnny is asking, About your can tires? I tell the tire story? Okay. <laughs> I will tell the tire story and then we'll wrap this up because Becca needs to eat and, and so do I and I also need to sleep because I've got seven hours of driving tomorrow morning um, so I'm moving across the country and I'm cheap so I decided to tow a trailer behind my yeah, Volvo station to wagon story too. Okay. yeah so <laughs> I did not do what I'm doing now which is I now have a moving van with a car trailer that my car is on and I'm driving um the rest of the way um i had you know i did make it 2800 kilometers before the tires blew out out of like a 4000 kilometer trip so more than halfway i made it before serious issues 
But turns out, um, between the weight in my car and the weight in the trailer, it's, it was just a little too much. The tires weren't rubbing all the time, but when I would go over bumps, they would rub on the inner fender wells. And Manitoba and Saskatchewan, the roads are so fucking janky that like for like an hour from like Winnipeg into Saskatchewan, I was like on a road that was like bop, 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 because it was just like all the frost heaves. So I was just like hitting all these bumps the whole time. And so the, the whole time I'm hitting bumps, my tires are just like rubbing on the inside of the thing. And I was like four and a half hours outside of Calgary. I was talking to a friend on the phone and I pulled over to take a picture of something and I was just like coming up to speed again. And like, as I was coming up to speed, the wheel just like kind of started pulling hard to the right. I'm like, the fuck is going on? And it was like, but, but, like kind of like doing like the flat tire move. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was just like, I have a flat tire. Awesome. And also my car is full of shit right now. So I can't get to the spare tire. Um, so I had like a bit of a panic moment because I'm like, I'm in the middle of nowhere and I don't know what to do. So I called the cops because I didn't know who else <laughs> to call. I didn't call 911. I called the non-emergency okay. line because okay. I was like, this isn't really an emergency, but I'm like, I also don't know who to call right now because I have no idea where I am other than I was in front of like a sign for like Hobart or like it was some like H name one kilometer away. And I grew to hate that sign because I stared at that sign for like five hours while I was waiting for the tow truck and shit. Herbert, I think that was it. I don't know who Herbert is, but I don't you like it. You stared at that anymore. long and you don't even you're not even sure. Yeah, I just I hated it. But yeah, I guess um you pushed it out of your memory now. A tow truck yeah. had to come pick me up and because COVID, I couldn't ride with the tow truck, so I had to get a taxi as well which was awesome. And then because my car is an all-wheel drive, I couldn't just replace one tire. I had to replace all four of them because they all have to match. Ouch. And that's when we discovered, because the passenger rear was what went out, but then when he took the driver's rear off, he's like, this one was about to go too. So he's like, you were about to lose both tires because they'd been rubbing the whole time. And so, yeah, I had to yeah, pay I mean, a bunch of money. It in swift current to get tired. I don't even like the tires that are on my car, but that was all that they had that would fit my car. And, you know, that sucked. And then he was just like, you probably don't want to keep going like this um, because, yeah. you know, you're probably going to blow the tires out again. Um, so then that started like a whole shit show with U-Haul trying to like figure out things with them. And they didn't have anything in swift current so I ended up having to drive with the new tires in the trailer, like a hundred some kilometers to like the middle of fucking nowhere in Saskatchewan, this place called Shaunavan, which was 61 kilometers away from Climax, <laughs> <laughs> which I regret not taking a picture of that sign, but you know, I'm, it's, it's kind of funny thing. Climactic. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's how one, one time my ex-wife and I won a trip, all expense paid to Calgary, for coming up with a tourism catchphrase for Gian Gameshi's The Q. Um, and he picked ours, and now it makes a whole lot more sense, given what, like, came to light with him. 
but um, her friend came up with this catchphrase, Calgary, somewhere between hope and climax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like a great play on them. Yeah. Yeah, literally funny. and, you know, whatever. And figuratively. Yeah, but I made friends <laughs> with this, like, really nice man named John in Shonovan who, uh, you know, used to work for Nortel Networks mm. and uh, likes model trains and he works with uh, small engines and uh, moved all my shit from the trailer into the moving truck and now I'm in the, in BC. Yeah, and I have like... Yeah, I'm not going to be that annoying person that's like, why didn't you have a contingency plan for driving across the country? You didn't... What if entire blew out? <laughs> well, because it's never happened to but me I before. Just did I just did this it. Is, this has been my, annoying person. But... This is my fourth time across the country. Um, this is my fourth time across the country. First time alone, second time with a trailer. I've never had a blowout before, but also I have a lot of stuff. And, yeah, and you knew um, it was you were fucking riding low. That's, yeah, I, I knew I knew it was I knew I was riding low a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, but also I didn't do the truck thing the first time because like from Toronto to Vancouver, it was gonna probably be like four grand, which is what I ended up spending anyways on everything. So. I, I didn't come out ahead. And yes, I did take his portrait. I gave him a photo on pack film with my Polaroid uh, 185. Yeah. He was very excited about it. Oh, so he has the portrait. So we can't, you, you don't have it to see. Yeah, he, I gave him the, the portrait. Yeah. I have like one of those photos where I take like the picture. Yeah, cool. Um, and I have the, negative if i ever do bleach them it's like it'll go on the pile of all the negatives that i plan on bleaching one day but probably never will <laughs> yeah cool that's the tire story um <laughs> but now i should let you um have your dinner yeah and, I guess um, it's getting pretty late um yeah but thank you good. for joining me on the chat i appreciate thank you, you for having me i appreciate miss you, you immensely oh um can't wait for you to come visit Vancouver and I appreciate hopefully in August depending how everything goes I will be out there crossed. hopefully yeah that would be great um I appreciate everyone tuning in and spending uh some time with us and uh next week I am going to have another um great female photographer on and literally my oldest friend in the world. Uh, Dawn Stenzel is going to be joining me next week. I've known her since grade two, and uh, she's one of the top wedding photographers in Vancouver. So it'll be interesting to hear her take on wedding photography. So uh, be sure be sure to tune in next week. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you uh, for everyone safe. who tuned in. That was fun. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good night, Becca. Good night. Good night, everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.